talking with the new offensive coordinator of the Edmonton Eskimos, Carson Walsh, joins us now. Uh, Carson, first off, congratulations on yesterday's announcement. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. Uh, this seemed like it was something that was uh, was building throughout the year. I know Jason Moss, when uh, he was named head coach, said that he was looking, he would start to kind of ease out of it eventually and look for someone to take over the, the play-calling role and the offensive coordinator role. Did you think uh, it would happen this soon? Well, I, you know, I trust Jason uh, quite a bit, so I knew he was going to do what was right for the Eskimo organization. Uh, we spoke about it throughout the year. He gave me an opportunity to call plays towards the end of the year, and uh, I was good either way, um, but I trust him, and he trusts me, and the time was right now, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, he talked yesterday about the fact that, that you guys mesh so well together with your philosophies and your style and, and the way you talk football, so uh, it's a good match. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Jason had the chance to work with Coach Milanovic over in Toronto. Uh, and I know uh, not just his playing career, Jason's, but also working with Scott Milanovic opened his eyes quite a bit to football. Scott Milanovic was with Mark Trussman. Uh I was with Mark Trussman, fortunately. And it was just an offense that made sense to both of us. And that's really how we meshed when it came to a lot of our offensive philosophies. Mm-hmm. Now, now that being said, next year when uh, when the season begins, will we see much of a difference in a uh, a Carson Walsh uh, offense compared to a Jason Moss offense? Well, to be frank with you, um, I don't look at it that way. Um, to me, it's an Edmonton Eskimo offense. Uh, it doesn't matter who the offensive coordinator is. It doesn't matter who the head coach is. It doesn't matter who's calling the plays. There's a lot of guys uh, that are putting a lot of work. So I, from this day forward, I, I would prefer not to be Carson Walsh's offense. It's an Edmonton Eskimo offense. And um, just because there's so many people collectively working to get this done, players included. So uh, I don't think you'll see a lot of change. We're going to stay fast. We're going to run a lot of the same concepts. Uh, and then it's our job as coaches in the offseason to find uh, the nuances uh, that can help us become a better offense than even we were last year. So uh, it'll look similar. Uh, we're going to stay fast, uh, but we're obviously going to do our best to uh, improve on some things that we weren't as good on last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I like to always kind of get the, the take on from offensive coordinators is is building the playbook uh, compared to the players. Do, you, do, you, do the players play the playbook? that you build or do you build a playbook around the skill set that you have? You know what I mean? Like which kind of, which comes first, uh, the chicken or the egg, as far as the, the playbook and the, and the skill set of players goes. Well, I think Ed Hervey does a great job of getting us players, him and his department. So, uh, we know we're going to have good football players. I also, uh, believe that you have to play towards your personnel. So it's always first what you have, and then you build your playbook based off of that. I do believe there is universal concepts in football that are structured very well that we will always run no matter the players we have. Um, But we're going to ask certain guys to do certain things based on their talents. Obviously, the guy who touches the football on every play in Mike Riley at quarterback is a guy who I imagine opens things up for you because he's got the great arm and he can do damage with his feet as well. How how fun is it to kind of design a playbook around his skill set? Well, first of all, Mike's a great leader. He's a great person, and he's a hard worker. I mean, that's, to me, his core values. Uh, His football talents, they take care of itself. Um, But the guy works his butt off. I don't think people understand how many hours he puts in in a given week. And uh, we're fortunate to have him. 
Uh, he can make all the throws. Uh, our job is to keep Mike safe. You know, we need to protect him, and Coach Gibson and Coach Princeton will do that along with our offensive line. Uh, but that's all I think about more than anything is keeping him safe, uh, giving him plays that he loves, and giving him plays where he has answers uh, to get the ball out of his hands. You mentioned uh, the chance to pl- call some plays late in the season. Uh, you uh, you were calling the plays in that game 18 against Toronto. Uh, you've been an offensive coordinator before, but it was kind of the first time you had control of a game at the pro level, I believe. Uh, what was that day like for you? Uh, it, it didn't change a whole lot, to be honest, you know, throughout the week. Uh, did the game planning with the staff. We put the call sheet together with the staff. And um, you just go down the list of the plays that you uh, prepared for with your players and with the staff. Uh, there's always going to be, like Jason said yesterday in his interview, there's always some gut calls you need to make. And, uh, you know, this year Jason and I will work on those together with the rest of the staff. It was fun. It was exciting. But we do it as a group. And, uh, you know, we're prepared weekly for those situations. Eskimos offensive coordinator Carson Walsh joining us uh, on the phone. Carson, uh, I want to go back to your playing career, if you don't mind. Uh, Tell me first off a little bit about uh, Winona, Minnesota. Well, it's about 45 minutes from my hometown. Uh, My older brother played there for two years prior to me. I followed in his footsteps. And then my younger brother followed uh, both of our footsteps and came there as well. So it was a... Um, it was a great time uh, playing football with both my brothers. Great community, winning tradition. Uh, had some great coaches there that I learned from. And it, it just turned out that coaching was uh, the closest thing to playing. So I stayed in the business and started my career there right after my playing days. What kind of player were you? Your, your resume uh, online says you were a running back, a receiver, and a returner. How would you describe your playing career? Well, I was a kind of an all-purpose guy. Um, but I give all the credit, uh, believe it or not, to uh, you know, my head coach, and my offensive coordinator. I truly believe that if I would have ended up at another school, I would have been just a run-of-the-mill player, but they put me in a position, they put me in a system uh, that fit best for my talents, and uh, you know, it was a great time. We won a lot of games, and uh, uh, those are the memories you kind of cherish, you know, the, the players you played with, the coaches you had to work with, and uh, I credit everything in to the system that I played in. And I believe you went right from playing at uh, Winona State to being a coach at Winona State. Um, what was that like, and when did uh, when did it kind of the switch kind of flip, saying, like, I want to coach for a living? Well, my older brother, uh, who's two years older, he's also a college football coach right now, he played at Winona State, and then he did his graduate assistant at Winona State. So uh, in a matter of a couple years, uh, he was an offensive coordinator at Winona State, and I said, hey, you know, my older brother, we have a lot of things in common. He loves his football stuff. It's in his blood. And I just decided that, hey, I'm going to get my master's degree. I'm going to try it out. And uh, I fell in love, and I've been doing it ever since. Hmm. Where's your brother now? He's a special teams coordinator and defensive backs coach at the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, and uh, they're a powerhouse in Division Three football. And uh, – they, they have a great program over there. They've been in the national championship twice now in the last five years. Wow. You, you guys must have some great conversations then, eh? Oh, absolutely. Football's a big deal in our family. And, uh, you know, everyone, that's what you did growing up is play sports. So, um, you know, we, we, we talk quite a bit about football, but uh, football's great. But, you know, outside of that, it's family and friends and, and uh 
just catching up on life. After your college coaching career, you moved on to the pros where you where you went to uh, Montreal and worked with the Alouettes, uh, eventually ended up uh, in Edmonton. But in between that, two years in the National Football League uh, with the Chicago Bears, what was that experience like? It was a dream come true. You know, obviously growing up in a small town, you know, you just want to do your best to make people proud. And uh, Mark Trespin gave me that opportunity. Uh, he gave me the opportunity to go to Montreal uh, he won a lot of games. We had some great players. And then when he transitioned to the NFL, he gave me another opportunity, which he did not have to do, um, but he believed in me. And uh, it was a two-year run. Obviously, we would love to stay longer. And um, I learned every day. It was an education on football 24-7, and that's really why I'm in the business, is to to learn football, to coach people, to help them achieve their dreams. When did you first meet Jason Moss? In person at the Senior Bowl um, down in Mobile, Alabama. I got a call from him, and he said he's looking for a receiver coach. And he uh, got my number, I believe, from Marcus Brady, who is uh, the offensive coordinator over in Toronto. And he said he was over at the practice field, and he told me to stop on by and uh, walked over. And we had a good half-hour conversation on football, and um, he just said he'll be in touch. So uh, we stayed in touch, and things worked out. Hmm. And your paths hadn't crossed before that? We never met in person prior to that. I knew of Jason Moss. He was still playing when I was in Montreal. And then I stayed close with Scott Milanovic in Toronto and also stayed close with Marcus Brady uh, when he was in Toronto as well. And I knew Jason Moss was on staff, but we never had an opportunity to talk or visit about the game of football. Hmm. Uh, and now uh, you're his offensive coordinator. It's kind of neat how things, you know, transpire through the years with the with the people you meet and the conversations you have and the people who maybe meet and talk about you to help set your path in motion. Absolutely. I mean, the game uh, of coaching and staying in the profession is all about networking. It's all about connections. It's about mutual friends. And, you know, I wouldn't be in Edmonton uh, if it wasn't for, you know, Marcus Brady or Scott Milanovic. Um, you know, letting Jason know who I was, the people I've worked with, and, you know, the systems uh, that we know are very alike. Uh, we're talking with uh, Carson Walsh, the Eskimos' new offensive coordinator. Let's talk about this Eskimos' offense. You're losing, obviously, a huge piece of the puzzle from the last couple of years with uh, Darrell Walker heading to the NFL. Uh, but you, as we've talked about, you've got a great quarterback. You've got a real good running back. You've still got the league's most dominant receiver the last few years. Uh, uh, you've added Vidal Hazleton. You'll get uh, uh, Zilstra in on a full-time basis. Plus, who knows what's coming in free agency uh, still. Uh, a little bit about your offense and, and what kind of extra expectations people can put on it for the new season well i don't think the expectations uh change one bit from last year our guys are highly motivated we want to give them the science every day uh to make sure they're successful we're going to work hard every single day and all we're going to do is try to be the best we possibly can we're obviously going to miss darrell walker you know i'm never going to be the guy that's going to say hey we'll be fine without darrell walker we're going to miss him he was a great player he was a great kid to have in the meeting room he was a dominant receiver, but we're happy for him. We're proud. We're excited for his next step. And now it's next man up, whether it's Brandon Zilster, Brian Mitchell, Vidal Hazleton, whoever it may possibly be, Devin Bailey. Um, we have a great group of guys, and they understand that the goals and the things we need to accomplish is going to come through their hard work and their execution on game day.
Do you see things changing this year for Adarius Bowman without Walker? Because it was always teams kind of at times last year had to pick their poison for double teams and things. Uh, will it change a little bit for Bowman this year? Yes, it will. There's no doubt about it. Um, teams are going to do whatever they can to stop Adarius. It's very hard in the CFL to stop two dominant receivers on the same team because you're taking four guys for two guys. If they want to take two guys for one guy, they can probably do so, but that's going to open up things, obviously, for every other receiver that we have, and that's their job, to make plays. If they have a one-on-one and Adaris is getting double-teamed, uh, it's our job to make sure the ball gets to somebody else, and Adaris understands that. He's a, he's a pro. He's a vet. He knows how the game goes, uh, but he's still going to get his targets. What is the process for an offensive coordinator in the offseason as far as uh, building the playbook? Obviously, you're, you're taking last year's playbook and, and moving forward with that to a certain extent, but how much time do you spend with X's and O's during the offseason getting ready? Well, the month of December and the first uh, part of January, you know, I relaxed. I saw family and friends, did a little bit of traveling, uh, but now we're back into it. I'm watching uh, a lot of NFL film. I'm obviously going to watch our entire season. I'm about three-quarters of the way done with that. And then we're also going to study the other CFL teams uh, that were successful last year offensively. We put our ideas together as an offensive staff. Everyone has duties in the offseason, and uh, we'll build the playbook that way where we see it fit uh, for the guys we have coming back next year. They call it the offseason, but that doesn't mean there's any less work to do, right? Uh, no, and, you know, it's – Jason's awesome, and Ed Hervey's great. They allow us to go home in the off season. The guys that don't live up there, they trust us. They know we have uh, high expectations, so there's some time off. But at the same time, we got to get back to work. We have a job to do. We owe it to the the Eskimos, the city of Edmonton. Uh, so we'll be prepared. We'll be ready, and um, you know I'm looking forward to it. Have you or do you, as an offensive coordinator, spend much time in the off season talking with with your quarterback? I got a text from Mike Riley last night. It was a picture of uh, himself and his daughter down in Orlando telling me uh, he's doing some daddy duty and uh, let me know how excited he was uh, to get going. So um, Mike and I text. Uh, we'll have some phone calls coming up. I want to make sure that uh, anything that we put in new, uh, he understands, he likes, he feels comfortable with. Uh, that's one thing people, you know, in general public, um, you know, you'd want them to understand is we don't want to run any concepts or do anything uh, in a given game that our quarterbacks don't feel extremely comfortable with. So Mike has a lot of say in what's going on within our offense within a given week, and especially in the off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carson, uh, congratulations once again on the on the promotion. Thanks very much for your time today. Uh, enjoyed talking with you, and uh, we'll see you at training camp. Thank you very much. Have a great day.